today we will focus on how the saints will win the battle against the enemy. Right at this moment, many saints are inside a battle to remain on the path of God and in His righteousness. If you listen to our last episode, 54, of Wearing Down the Saints, where we covered many aspects of how the enemy tries to remove the saints from their loyalty to God Almighty and in Christ Yeshua HaMashiach, Today, we will explain just how committed is our God Almighty to His people and in His promise to deliver us from our enemy once and for all. This is a follow-up to our last episode 54, and today's episode 55 entitled, God Prevails, He Wins It. This also marks our second year anniversary. Praise our mighty King of Kings. Hallelujah. In grace we stand, for we are not moved, but by His mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to Yeshua HaMashiach. I am Sister Noelia, and I will join you today on our second anniversary and on this 55th Podcast entitled, God Prevails, He Wins It. We'd like to give thanks to GospelRiver.com. All hail the power of Jesus by Emily Foster. Hallelujah.
Praise our living King of Kings, Yeshua HaMashiach. Hello again, and thanks for joining us here today, September 21, 2022. And this is episode 55 entitled, God Prevails, He Wins. I hope you have taken in our last podcast, Wearing Down the Saints. Our God is the one true living God, and no other can take his place on the throne. He is the God of truth, and his glory will always prevail. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, we would like to thank you for listening in and considering Yeshua HaMashiach's message of hope and deliverance. I am Sister Noelia, and I will be presenting God Prevails, He Wins. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to always remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com, as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to this program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms podcast, right here on Podbean, on iHeartRadio, and Listen Notes. Please download it and share it. Encourage others to join in to listen. Once again, thank you for joining us and sharing in the good news of the great hope in our living King, Yeshua HaMashiach. We must never forget all things are made possible by our Lord God Almighty through Yeshua HaMashiach, for He is alive, He lives, and reigns. Amen. Today and every day we are here marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover that our God is great and mighty. Hallelujah. Thanks to Sister Yira for We'll Understand It Better By and By. We are often tossed and driven on the restless sea of time. Somber skies and howling tempest of succeed the bright sunshine. In that land of perfect day, when the mists have rolled away, we will understand it better by and by. By and by, when the morning comes. All the saints of God are gathered home. We will tell the story how we've overcome, for we'll understand it better by and by. We are often destitute of the things that life demands want of food and want of shelter thirsty hills and barren lands we are 
trusting in the Lord and according to his word we will understand it better by and by let's sing it together saints by and by when the morning comes when all the saints of God are gathered home we'll tell, we'll tell the story how we've overcome for we'll understand it better by and by trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand blessed promised land but he guides us with his eye and we'll follow till we die for we'll understand it better by and by by and by when the morning comes all the saints of God Better by and by. Temptations, hidden snares, often take us unawares, and our hearts are made to bleed for many a thoughtless word or deed. And we wonder why the test, when we try to do our best, but we'll understand it better. Bye, bye, and bye. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Yida. And yes, we will understand it better by and by. Let's begin with our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And please help us not to fall into temptations or transgressions, but deliver us from all evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. I'm excited today because we're going to explain how God will win in the end. Please have your Bibles on hand if you can stop what you're doing to receive this message in its entirety or download it and review what we will deliver here on our 55th podcast. God prevails, He wins it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe this is the most delightful message we hope to deliver, is how victory will come through our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Perhaps 
you have never stopped to consider what is this all for? Why the persecution of the saints exists? And how can we keep our heads up? Well, today, I hope you listen closely and consider just where we are headed as the church of the living God in Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. Of course, many would state the eternal life promised after our life on earth. In one sense, that is correct. But why the long suffering, or why did God wait so long? Okay, if you will, let's turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to review 7 through 9. It states how God formed the earth, man, and the trees of life, and the one of good and evil. It reads, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then we will continue in 15 through 18. 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to be to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's now continue to chapter 3. And now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was for good, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruits and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you shall not eat from? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall be bruised thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy shalt desire 
be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is their ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou eat bread till thou return unto ground, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and until dust thou shalt return. And Adam called to his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And unto Adam also to his wife did the Lord God make coats and skins and clothe them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now least he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherub at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. The Bible talks of enmity in various situations. In the Garden of Eden, as God declares his condemnation upon the serpent, he says, I will put an enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. The Bible says that the woman's hatred of snakes has a spiritual cause and is a representation of the nature of enmity that endures between Satan and the human population. In the book of James, it states that friendship with the world means enmity against God. In John 1, 2.15-16, the corrupt practices of the earth are in defiance of the holiness of God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. A similar warning is presented in Romans 8, 7, which states that the mind governed by flesh is hostile to God. In Luke 23, 12, the mind of the flesh is enmity against God. In James 4, 4, the friendship of the world is enmity with God because the world is preferred to God. In Ephesians 2, Christ is said to have abolished in his flesh the enmity by his cross to have slain the enmity, that is, the opposition between Jew and Gentile, creating in himself one new man. So making peace. In the Eastern Bibles, sometimes it's defined enmity as a deep-rooted hatred. I will put enmity between thee and woman, between 
thy seed and her seed. In Genesis 3.15, the friendship of the world is enmity with God. John 1, 2.15 and John 2.16, the cardinal mind is enmity against God. Again, in 8.7 Romans, by the abrogation of the Masonic Institutes, the enmity between the Jew and the Gentile is removed. They are reconciled. They are made one. In Ephesians 2.15-16, through 16, the importance of enmity. The unfortunate state of humanity is that we live in a situation of immunity against God. As man adheres to his sin, he goes against his own benefit, denying himself and protesting against the Almighty One, attempting to save him. 2 Timothy 2.25 By recognizing the natural aversion between the flesh and righteousness of God, we can better avoid the self-deception of rationalizing earthly desires and impulses. Though we may fall into enmity between sin and God, we are always given a chance of reconciliation through the sacrifice and salvation upon His Son, Yeshua HaMashiach. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ, Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusations. Colossians 1.21-22 The choices God allowed even to this day began with our forefathers. Adam and Eve, who chose in the Garden of Eden to be partakers of the tree of good and evil. But we must also consider who first offered them such an idea of considering such a choice in the Garden of Eden. Who was present? In Genesis 9, God gives a command of what not to do. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And in 11 he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat. And then the man said, The woman, the woman whom you have gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the, and the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman 
and between her seed and your seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And in 17 he says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So this was the fall. Because of this knowledge, we would become likened to God. In Genesis 3.22, And the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also the tree of life, and eat and live forever. So here was the line of God. You may not eat from both trees and call yourself my children. There could only be one feared, and here our forefathers did not even withhold from temptations of the enemy, and the enemy controlled them into disobedience of God. Remember, the serpent lied to and told Eve she would not die in chapter 3, 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. While they did not die physically in death, they did die spiritually and fell into fleshly sin. So our Lord God placed them away from the garden, and his angels then guarded the tree of life, because it could not be touched by man until man could learn repentance and gain life again through the one true sacrifice of Yeshua HaMashiach. In Genesis chapter 3.23, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubs and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. In other words, to preserve it. We are going to look now at Acts 17, and we're going to read from 24 to 34. If you remember in our fourth podcast, The Unknown God, we reviewed how we remain in this world of desolation because of our forefathers' choices of earthly kings as opposed to our heavenly God and Father. Let's now read. To the Unknown God, therefore the one whom you worship without knowing him I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life and breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined 
their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine is being like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. And at that, Paul left the council, and some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Apergite, also a woman named Demarius, and a number of others. This, of course, took place after Christ Yeshua's sacrifice and resurrection. It is so joyful when a sinner comes to repent and be saved by Christ Yeshua. However, who gave this power from the fall of man? God, our Heavenly Father, did. And in fact, God Almighty has commanded everything from the beginning of time. We explain in enmity, our Heavenly Father was challenged in the Garden of Eden by an evil force which came to attack his people. And his people, in this case, Adam and Eve, who failed miserably, but they came away with knowledge of two worlds, one good and the other evil. However, they were still ill-equipped to manage either. In fact, God our Father stated in Genesis 3.16 to Eve, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow, and thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And to Adam, 3.17, And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and in sorrow thou shalt eat of it in the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thy taken, for dust thou art." And unto dust thou shalt return. And even to the enemy, the serpent, he said, 
The Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. Now, who in all creation has the power and authority to order these judgments? That they would be carried out. See, in the very first part of Genesis, God is commanding day, night, seas, creatures to form. He continues until the seventh day. And then the God of all gods declares a day of rest. Then hallowed it and called it Sabbath day. How many of you observe this day? How many of you follow the worldly teachings of Sunday? Go in a quiet place and reread Genesis again from chapter 1 on, and you will see in this book that God commands life to exist, and it is life's birth. And in Isaiah 44, 6, thus said the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And there is no God besides me. In Isaiah 48, 12, Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel, whom I called, I am he. I am the first, and I am also the last. But in our worldly land of desolation, the serpent says to mankind, You will not die if you disobey the Almighty God. When we start out in our reuniting with God, we are like a little baby, like a little baby lamb in the field, wanting and desiring God. So we repent and we leave sin. Then God our Father is like the mother lamb offering milk to her young lamb to strengthen it, to raise it up. Soon her baby lamb will eat from the field of grass as it matures, it will be able to survive in the flock and become bold enough to not cower to its enemies. It will be able to go places it could not before. And as the shepherd directs the lamb, they know to trust him. However, the lamb could still be attacked and have troubles along the way, which brings us back to the saints. As we explained in our last podcast, we will face trials and be tested. Remember in Romans 8.28, that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around for good. Even when we suffer, God can use your pain and turn it into something beautiful. God can turn your mess into a message. When you fully understand that there is nothing in this world to cling to, that's when you can fully enjoy the beauty of God's creation. However, we are not the first disciples or saints of God to be tested. In Luke twenty-two twenty-eight through 31 But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. And then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Everything that is meant for evil will be used to turn toward good and for the righteousness of God's kingdom and for the learning of how to bring the saints and people of God into maturity, a tried and tested yet proven faithful people that has grown from the falling of the depths of a kindled pit of fire and ash into a brilliantly refined vessel through Yeshua's sacrifice and gift of salvation with the Holy Spirit as the true children of God, a children with a depth of total surrender and trust and fear of the one true living God. Praise God. Hallelujah. In this process of sifting, we can be violently shaken. The Jews of ancient Israel were well experienced in the process of sifting wheat. It was the last step in the producing of usable wheat that could be ground into flour. The wheat was ready to be sifted to further purify it by removing the remaining shaft as the dust, dirt, and tiny rocks the wheat had picked up from the ground. This sifting was done by using a sieve, a type of filtering device, and after placing a small amount of wheat into the sieve, the worker violently shook the sieve to create the sifting process. Subsequently, the good part of the wheat collected itself in the bottom of the sieve. The question is, why would God allow Satan to do such a thing to Peter? A good reason is God knew that the sifting would remove the imperfections from Peter's faith. The Peter that came out of the sifting was a broken man and with his third denial of Yeshua, he went out and wept bitterly. In Luke twenty-two sixty-two, 62, Yeshua had said, But I have prayed for thee, and thy faith fail not. And when thou art covenant, strengthen thy brethren. In Luke twenty-two thirty-two, 32. In the Lord Yeshua's promise, it gives Peter three things. First, even though his faith would be shaken, it wouldn't fail. Secondly, he would ultimately return to the grace of Yeshua. Thirdly, Yeshua would use the now proven and refined Peter for the benefit of God's kingdom to strengthen other believers. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it could be tough heart-wrenching, and sometimes it seems as though we just don't find the stamina to stay the course. 
But God's going to see you through. He's not going to lose you unless you are just not for him. Yeshua HaMashiach, in this same passage, the Lord Yeshua stated, Luke 22, 40. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye not enter into temptation. And in 22.46, he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. So saints, we must remember to rise and pray against the vials of darkness. Don't cower down into slumber or sleepiness. In Galatians 4.27-31 For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise, but as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nonetheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out of the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but of the free. Hallelujah. So why did I begin with Genesis today? It was to give you insight to how we fell in the Garden of Eden, but also to show you who was the first bondsman that enslaved the first bondswoman in Eve and the first man in Adam, tying us to bondage of sin and even to sexual sin. All of its wages are death forever. We were given a second chance of life, a life of everlasting, a life with the one true God, when God sent Yeshua here to earth in the flesh, a body subject to the same elements of this world, including temptations of the devil. Yeshua did not fail. He did not give in to darkness, nor did he bow down to it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Early last year, in February 2021, I was up late at night calling on the Lord, and it got to me that at every turn, the enemy is there, listening to our prayers, conversations with loved ones, constantly causing misunderstandings between people, causing conflict, despair, I was really tired of this. I was fed up about it. So I called upon the Lord and he and told him, I am tired of this evil one lurking and getting in the middle of things, even between you, Lord, and me. What, my Lord, can be done with this? The Lord answered me in such a haste because I cried this, Father, Father, Heavenly Father, we cannot live in harmony with the evil one. He has to go. There is no peace like yours, Father. 
There is no love like yours, Father. We humans cannot coexist with the evil one. It's impossible to have peace here on this earth. Our Heavenly Father acknowledged my plea instantly. He was quite excited about my realization. You know why, brethren? Why was our Lord excited about my disgust of the devil? Because that is a place where every human must get to on this earth. The sharing of our heavenly and living creator with an evil force that has placed itself in between us and God Almighty. It has projected itself over us since the Garden of Eden and has tried to take up permanent throne over God Almighty in heaven. It didn't succeed there. It was thrown out of heaven. So it has tried to reign over this earth by its fleshly sin offerings unto us. Any man who takes a bribe or doesn't abide by Lord God, even after being saved, falls into the plagues of evil's grip. So I am supposed to tell you how we will win today. How is it possible that the people of God, his saints, his disciples, will make it out of this fallen world alive? Well, I hope you have been paying attention because God commands all things. Remember, he commands all things to life in Genesis, where there was no light in the beginning, where not even a creature or human existed on this earth prior to God's voice to activate life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I shall now say end of the program. No, not so fast. Let's turn to Revelations 6. We're going to read Revelations 6, 1, 2, 2. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering to conquer. Hallelujah. We are now going to continue onwardly to Revelation 19. I want to encourage you to read the entire book of Revelations apart from what we read today. You will need to review it quietly with the Holy Spirit as your guidance. So let's read Revelations 19. And after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia. Salvation and glory and honor, power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, 
Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the sound of many waters, and the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready, and to her it was granted to be a rain in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteousness acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Yeshua, Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him, who sat on the horse against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, 
and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. So by the sword of the Lord God, the victory against darkness forever will be hallelujah. Praise the living God of all gods, the King of all kings. We are now going to turn to Psalms 57. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadows of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities pass by. I will cry out to God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall sin from the heavens and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Selah. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and heart. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations, for your mercy reaches unto the heavens, and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Hallelujah. Be exalted, our King of heaven. Amen. As I began explaining how God commands all things, even turns bad things, into good for the purpose of his kingdom. In Matthew 8, 5, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you shall come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such a great faith, not even in Israel. And in 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And the servant was healed in that same hour. 
Yeshua marveled, but this goes deeper. The centurion was an authority of Rome, a Roman-ranking soldier, who probably did not practice Jewish traditions of religion. Yet he, the centurion, knew. He humbled himself before the Lord Yeshua. He also went on to explain his authority, which in one sense is quite impressive, that you are a high-ranking soldier for the Roman army, yet you are not above humiliation to request help. You know yourself are incapable of giving such help. Who is capable? Yeshua through God Almighty, because as God commands healing, deliverance, restoration, and life itself, who are you going to call on? Who will you wait on to carry you out of your troubles? For we will wait upon the Lord Almighty because it will all be done by Him, our one true living God. For if you are humbled before Him, God will gladly meet your requests. If you go even further and profess what God has done for you, well, God will not disappoint. He will deliver you from your enemies, just as it's stated in Psalms 57, as we just read. So there are many theologists who have argued and will continue to argue why evil even exists. I know firsthand about sorrows as I have lost many loved ones, even my earthly mother at age five, what the Lord teaches us is that through our sorrow, we will grow in humility and empathy for ourselves and others. Now it's one thing to lose people, but what about God himself? He had a wrath set against men. But he came down from his throne through Yeshua HaMashiach. What did Yeshua suffer on the way to the cross? Many trials and tribulations. But here is the difference. One of us men would not have withstood such punishment, persecutions from the enemy or betrayals through his own disciples his own Jewish nationals, or onslaughts of chastisements. But he did it all for us. He did it all for our salvation, but in it he vouched for our very life, and it's a title only he holds as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In it we learn how humility is genuine and everlasting in love and honor. In it, we learn how we are not strong but weak. And just like the centurion, our titles on this earth don't matter to God. What matters to God is our faith of Him, our obedience to follow His will for us, to resist evil, to love Him with all our might and patience in waiting on Him. We grow in strength through Him, Yeshua HaMashiach. We don't grow on self-will. 
we grow in maturity through trusting our God because He is the one who demands all things to come to pass. No man on this earth, no matter his or her title, it's all on God. He is the one who carries all the burden of this world and creation. However, he is waiting on all the saints who desire good over an evil world or evil earthly kings, as it may be, who hate evil and do not want to partake in evil plans against the kingdom of God and God's people. We will win because God wins it, because He holds the sole authority to speak the swift sword of His word. He is God. There is no one else on the planet or in the universe that can take His throne. No one. But His people have to get on the same page in accordance with God, because He is coming soon. And just as we explained in the last podcast, without touching the enemy, the enemy will be put to death in the lake of fire because God is the only one that can command it, as stated in Revelations 19. So celebrate it, cherish it, for it has been declared by heaven's King of Kings, we must go forth in continuing and abiding and in faith until the end or until he calls us home. Amen. Amen and amen. Finally, we will read Psalms 19. Let's please turn to Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the ferment shows his handiwork. Day until night utters speech, and night until night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from the end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteousness altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. 
Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you have been blessed by today's program. We now have tools to know what our Heavenly Father has in store for the enemy and enemies among us. Praise our Heavenly Father, King of Kings, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, Amen. Please download this podcast to reflect on the scripts and meditate on revelations with Yeshua in the Holy Spirit will guide you. Be patient and wait on the Lord, but refrain from evil at all costs. Never bow to the enemy, for the enemy's promises are empty. Never forget to keep your body armor of God on and pray, pray, pray without ceasing. Don't forget to fast and pray. Be prepared for the King is on his mighty way. Hallelujah. I look forward to you in the next podcast because we will soon be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, God willing. Hallelujah. We have chosen to end with the Battle Hymn Republic as it depicts the coming of the Lord and his wrath of judgment against the enemy of what's to come. We would like to thank the U.S. Army Band for the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Thank you for joining us on our second anniversary and 55th podcast here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Listening Notes, and right here on our very own Royal Kingdoms Podcast on Podbean. Please download it and share it with your friends and family. Once again, thanks for joining us. We look for you in our next podcast. May you stay blessed. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen. Have a good day. Lord.
been listening to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio right here on the Rare Criminals Podcast. Thanks for listening.